Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And if everyone's been paying attention, we have a returning guest. Let's just call her a co-host tonight. Why don't we, Mike? I mean, you're not, you're not really a guest anymore, are you, Ashley? You're a co-host. Right? Yeah, I totally am. <laughs> you're, you're like yeah man she just barges in the door i'm here man that's right well go ahead and just for anyone uh and anyone who hasn't listened to episode 47 which was the first episode um ashley go ahead and introduce yourself let's get your sobriety date out there right away and at least get yeah. that initial stuff started out okay sure my name is ashley i've been sober for a little bit over four years my sober date was 4 3 2019 yeah, and uh, I, I know I congratulated you on Instagram, but congratulations. And, of course, Mike and I, Mike had his anniversary last weekend, the 21st. Mine was the 18th. So that was second. Jesus Christ, don't give me an extra day. Oh, did I, I say that? I'm sorry about that. I, you know, I was thinking that I went out to Ohio on the 21st. Shit, see, yeah, I, I know these things. I know. Okay, Fucking sorry. Idiot. Let's, you know what? <laughs> since, since we don't edit, I'm just going to rewind in my head. Okay, so Mike's anniversary was last weekend, the 22nd. <laughs> and then mine was uh, we could go Tuesday on the 18th. So yeah, that was one of the reasons we were all going to get together was uh, you know kind of talk about a gratitude thing. But um, so to to begin with, and uh, Ashley had a Ashley had a question, and I figured that uh, what the hell we want is we're we're asking questions and shit. Let's get this let's get this recorded. So Ashley, we got time to fill. Let's do it. Exactly. So so Mike and I were already on here. We were talking back and forth. Ashley comes in. Mike says we have company. We should stop arguing. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Ashley says, go ahead, tell us, go ahead and tell us where you came in. <laughs> sure. I was like, what are you guys having an old married fight? What is going on here? <laughs> but also they were taught, I guess they were talking about how long they knew each other. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my questions for them was I had just assumed y'all met in recovery, but I don't think that's the story. No, it's a good um, assumption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's if and if anyone and we've said this before and we joke about it, but um, if I hope, well, I don't want to say hopefully most people, <laughs> I think, have seen our pictures, because if you're listening to the podcast, they're sitting right there. Anyhow, um, we don't blend. No. <laughs> there's 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 no reason in the world why he would ever hang out with me or I would ever hang out with him, exactly. um, except 
except for this thing, you know. So mm-hmm. we did. We met uh, at the at the Keating Center. Um, so that's what we were joking about. I said that uh, <laughs> Mike and I have known each other for 13 years, which is mm-hmm. more than my two marriages combined. So yeah, maybe we are arguing like an old fucking married couple. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've we've lived together. We're separated now. We've been separated yes. for how many? Nine years? No. Yeah, God, right. shit, ten years yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Almost, almost right. ten years. Yeah. We did share a bedroom though. <laughs> oh. so Maybe you didn't that's what we should talk about you know what we, and we and we can do that so the the thing of it is and uh um just a brief story behind that keating center sober living <laughs> facility that's where we met that's number one we were both like halfway where you do groups and do all those different things and then when you start working they have what's called three-quarter dorms in the facility so mm-hmm. he and i ended up in the same three-quarter dorm so six guys yeah it was six right yeah mm-hmm. six six guys in one of these three-quarter dorms so that's kind of where we well literally got closer but we got even closer mm-hmm. after that <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up uh, getting moved out into a three-quarter house which was a duplex two bedrooms up two bedroom down two guys up or four guys upstairs four guys downstairs to begin with and yes mike and i literally shared a bedroom um we did in an in an old house, um, literally smaller, whatever room you're sitting in right now, Ashley, I assure you it was smaller than that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we shared a bedroom for almost a year and then, yeah, uh, 11 months, not that I was counting <laughs> 11 months and how many days, probably, I, right? That, that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you know what? Well, actually, cause we moved in there beginning of November, didn't we? And we, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. We, I know when we moved into that house, I started that new job on October 3rd. I don't know why I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically bidding. Yeah, it was literally almost probably almost. Exactly Actually, I was going to say months. the end of October. Uh, I think I we did. I, I, yeah, I think it was before Halloween because I had decorated my little space in the three quarter dorm. And then I had to take it all down and move it into the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That part. But when, when you and I moved in together, it was beginning of October. Right. So. But yeah, either way. So yeah, we, we shared a bedroom. So we've, we've known each other and uh, now become family and yeah, he just, I can't get rid of the fucker and he can't get rid nope. of me. So nope. it kind of is what it is. So. It was just sober fate. <laughs> it was. How yeah. I see it? Well, and, and it's funny because, uh, and seriously, when in all of our friends and even, I would say there's, there's probably none. I don't think there's any of our friends that we would have met had it not been for this thing. Right, Mike? I mean, all mm. of our close friends. Right. No, no. I mean, there's a couple, but yeah, the, the, the core group of us. Yeah, definitely not. Right. The only thing, um, well, you remember, uh, Bobby, Bobby stacks. Mm -hmm. Um, so here's the funny part, Ashley, you want to talk about a weird thing. So I, I was born in Parma, Ohio, which is out in the Cleveland area. And then that's where the Keating center is. That's where I got sober. Mike was living there at the time, the whole bit. So this guy comes in and we're talking one time and I had known him then for probably a few months. So we started talking about where we grew up as kids and I told him Parma. And then he's like, he goes, yeah, he goes, I used to play over in an area on, uh, on Kenton Avenue. And I'm like, I lived on Kenton Avenue. <laughs> he's like, really? And he's like, like what year? And I told him, and he said, uh, we used to go over there. We used to play uh, ice hockey in the street. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So this guy that I literally met like 35 years later, um, I played with, I played ice hockey with as a kid. <laughs> That's amazing. <though>. Isn't it? <laughs> it must have been something with the neighborhood. I don't know if the rest of the guys <laughs> ended up being drunks, but two of us did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it was just, it's it's been weird stuff. But yeah, I mean, Mike and I, 
than all the people we met. But uh, yeah, it's again that the main point is is there's I don't think there clearly nothing nowhere that we would have ever ever crossed no. paths at least not in the positive way <laughs> right no definitely not you know I, I might have you know rolled you for your wallet when you were passed out in an alley somewhere <laughs> right yeah exactly i would have i would have literally walked to the other side of the street and fucking ran away if i saw your crazy scary ass but <laughs> but uh then again you know then my my sister her sister gets on here what did she she did she call you a teddy bear on here or something like yeah that? i don't know something Teddy yeah, bear yeah. or a poo, poo, poo bear or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, she said that into an open microphone, too. That is She's uh, ruining your image, Mike. Yeah, I know. What oh, is yeah. going on? I know. Yeah. Well, our, 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 our mom used to say uh, say that a little bit, uh, actually a lot. So she said that out loud, too. And Mike mm-hmm. just, he, he'd let her get away with it. Kathy, too. He lets Kathy yeah. get away with it. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it, well, because it's true. You know, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, all, I'm all gruff on the outside. But, yeah, inside there's a gooey center. <laughs> so um so real quick ashley and since the last time that we that we had you on um first of all you've got a couple of new things going on um the name of your podcast is number one so i want i want you to kind of talk about that and the change and then also you have a store um uh, a yeah. commerce or e-commerce store like like we do so talk about those things because we might as well get in i explained it kind of in the promos but i don't know that people really pay attention to those things so yeah just explain the, the podcast and the store you got going on yeah sure so my when I started everything my just my handle was sober girl and I kind of went with that when I started the podcast because I wanted it to be really easy for everyone to find and as I've gone through different levels of my journey I've realized that sobriety is so much more than just like this part of me that's sober because it's all these other things that I have to do all the time like when I get overly emotional I was an emotional drinker so when I get overly emotional like sometimes I get like very angry Mm -hmm. and I have to be able to calm that down in other ways. Like my way is not obviously, you know, going towards what I use because that's the wrong thing to do. So there's other things I have to do. So as I've grown and a ton of my guests share a lot of their growth as well. So I felt like healing with a sober girl made a lot more sense, but I would have never thought about that name on my own. Thanks to Bill for helping me out on that one. <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't, I believe me, I did not bring it up because of that. I had, I was never going to mention that because that has nothing to do with it. That's what you were leaning towards. I just helped you put it in words. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So then my store, my husband got me a, a cricket like cutting machine, like oh my God, two and a half years ago, maybe. And I only used it and sold stuff at Christmas time, but I would never, yeah, I had an Etsy store. Didn't really pay any attention to it you know, I had full-time job and I did the podcast and it just really didn't, you know, I, I, it just wasn't there. And then when I lost my job in January, I was like, my husband was like, this is the best time. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how much money it would be to start it. I don't know that we would have made the decision we made if we knew, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> because I do, I do almost everything myself. So it's a lot of work. So, but I wanted to start it because I wanted to make just really cool items that like I liked, but that maybe other people would like to, and to try to do different things. I run a couple sales a month where I make less profit, but it ends up getting people to be able to afford it. So that, you know, obviously means a lot to me. And, you know, as I get to know, like the people right now, almost every single person who's bought for me has bought a second or a third time. Oh, that's nice. cool. So that, 
you know, people come to me with ideas and then I'll put, you know, put something together and do different things. I'm not a designer, so I don't design anything, but I do all of the other stuff. So it's, it's a lot of work, but I really like it. And I've gotten my sober, like not my podcast, but my other sober community that I have very engaged in like helping me answer questions, like out of these four designs, like what would you wear sober? And because I tried launching sober merchandise before and it just never went anywhere. So I was very apprehensive, but I'm going to start putting out some more. I did release one design that says one day at a time and it has a skull and some flowers. And to me, that means sobriety. Because I feel like we're all like just going through this one day at a time, no matter, you know, some days are easy and some days are hard and that's mm -hmm. what we do. So right. I just decided to start that to kind of create like, it is a very positive outlet for myself in sobriety. You will find that you need a hobby. <laughs> and so I have many <laughs> hobbies. So this just keeps me, you know, it doesn't distract me from doing other things, but it just keeps me on like this positive path. Right. Well, and uh, so the name of your store again, get out the name of your store. Yeah. It's Sips of Sage. Okay. And anyone who follows us and of course is listening to this, um, I've been, and I share your stuff and you know, every once in a while, if I, if I catch it, I'll share one of your videos mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, but also if, if anyone just did, if you miss one of the posts or something like that, just go into our followers or who we follow and you'll see Ashley. And then you've got a link to your, to that page on there too, on your regular one yeah. way or the other. I mean, you, you guys yeah. can find us or if anyone, if anyone forgets the name, just send us a message. I'll, I'll shoot you over to her because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool stuff. And, and I saw that shirt you did with one day or one day at a time with that skull on there. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to create something that wasn't like blasting soberness on the garment because I found when I did that before, a lot of people didn't really want that. Like I would totally wear something like that 24 seven, but a lot of people just don't feel comfortable. Right. So I wanted to create like some other way to kind of like be able to bring that together where people aren't, and it could mean, I mean, it could mean anything. I think when I found the design, the description was, you know, about like mental health, you know? So right. it could mean different things. Like maybe you have, you know, debilitating anxiety and like maybe you have, your own mental program to deal with that. So I think that it could go for many things, but I really, I physically see it as like a sober kind of link there. Right. Well, and, and we've gone through the same thing with the, with the first set of uh, the first vendor we used for our, our t-shirt merchandise vendor. We had all this different stuff. It's like every time we thought of something, I was in it. Cause it doesn't take that long for, I mean, we're not making the stuff. It's a vendor we're using. Right. So I just have to, pop the lettering up and design up. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't, I mean, it takes some time, but 10, 15 minutes and I can have a, a merchandise design, but we had so much stuff on there and none of it was really selling. Even this, the stuff that we have, I mean, the name of our, everything we're doing is, you know, sober, not mature. So it's got that, but we have some different stuff, but we're running into the same thing. You know, I mean, sometimes it's like people, as they, you know, as people say, they want to recover out loud. Some people don't, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Our, our sister wears one of our, one of our sweatshirts though, mm -hmm. it's got oh, a, I love it. yeah, it's got an AA saying on it. it says we're, we're not a glum lot on the front and, but it's got, it's got our faces on the back and <laughs> it's got our full logo on the back and the, you know, the silver, not mature, you know, thing on there. So, uh, right. I mean, she doesn't care, you know, but right. I know there's not a lot of yeah. people that uh, right. And she's a normie and you know, my daughter's a normie. She wears one of our, oh, our I'm too that, sober yeah. for your shit. 
or too sober for this shit or whatever it is. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great when these other people can support you. So I had somebody who in the beginning didn't really, I have this buy me a coffee link for people who maybe can't afford to buy anything from the shop or sure. want to support me in some way, but like doesn't really vibe with what I'm selling. So I made this buy me a coffee link and I did it because another person that I bought from had that. And I was like, that's ah, such a good idea. And yep. I'm addicted to coffee. So um, <laughs> this, this will be great. And my sis, my soon to be sister-in-law's mom sent me $50 worth of coffee. And I didn't even know for like a while because I didn't, like I put it with my shop email and no one really emails me. They just contact me through, you know, social media. So I was like, man, I went in and I was like, I get you dollars of my coffee money. Who's sending me dollars of coffee money? <laughs> and it, it's just such a great way, like, for people to know there's way, there's just like these other ways that people can support what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't get paid for doing podcasts. No. Right. We just, you know what I mean? We do it off of our free time and it's a lot of time sometimes. And, you know, just those like little things here and there, it like, it does mean a lot because it's like, oh, okay, these people appreciate it. Like, I have so many normies listen to my show. Yeah. And they always come to me and tell me what they think, which I love. Mm-hmm. And that's like the best compliment because it's somebody outside the box looking into the box and being like, wow, this is really interesting. Yeah. And that's something that, uh, and Mike, Mike, you ran across, I mean, God, how many people now, if you know normies, I mean, Chris's, yeah. Chris's kids and who else? And there was a couple of other people. Oh, the, uh, when you were at the, work and, yeah, when we were at the horror convention. Yeah. yeah. You know, that we had some people. Whoa, come whoa, up whoa, were... whoa, 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 horror convention. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> you must, girl, you must have missed girl. the episode. <laughs> Listen, I am a huge, 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 doesn't even begin to explain. I'm like shaking. doesn't even begin to explain my love for horrors. Like you have a, ah. no, no okay. idea. I'll, I'll sit back and let you guys chat. I can <laughs> right, relax right. for a minute. <laughs> well, uh, my girlfriend Chris, she does horror art, um, simply wicked decor on Etsy. Um, little plug for her. And um, yeah, so a uh, couple times a year here in Cleveland, there's a convention called Cinema Wasteland, and she has a table there uh, every year. And um, yeah, so you know, we we go and sell her creepy stuff and oh, hang out. Awesome. Yeah, and some friends of ours, um, the Mummy and the Monkey, they have a local horror show here. Actually, it'll be on tonight on YouTube. Watch it. Um, and um, they're uh, they were kind enough to uh, let us do a promo for this podcast on their show. So we've got some cross people there, and and there were some people talk there at the convention as well at their booth and um yeah so they had people coming over and saying yeah we listen to the podcast we really like it no we we're not alcoholics we just like what you guys do yeah yeah oh i love that yeah i've been i've always loved horror Uh and i like really have loved specific things i'm an 80s baby and Mm -hmm. i really love that kind of horror ah the slasher stuff I love that stuff. And and it's hard for me to get into some of the newer stuff because some of it is just like stupid funny. I don't really like that kind of thing. Right. One of our friends loves it. And so I'm just like very particular. And then there's other things that come out that come out now, but they're done in like the the 80s theme. So mm-hmm. it is very interesting. But my husband, like my husband and I literally watch TV in separate rooms because he's like, all you do is watch horror all the time the same things over and over again and i'm just like dude look it's if it's not a true crime documentary and it's not something some paranormal something i mean 
I just let me live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let let me live my life, man. That's right. And but I'm classic. Laugh, yeah. I'm I'm the universal horror stuff. You know, give me something from 1932, and I'm happier. Than oh, shit. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, look up, look up, uh, Chris, uh, his girlfriend has, and again, it's simply wicked decor. She's on, um, she's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. She has a Etsy store. Uh, but again, she's somebody that follows us, but, um, yeah, we, we're going to get her up on our sponsor page at some point with the link. But once again, I mean, it's, she has, she puts together and, and again, does it all herself. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking cool stuff. And it's this, um, she takes requests too, as she says, you know, mm-hmm. so <laughs> somebody wants, yep. yeah, somebody wants something. And she always says, she's like, I take requests. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Super I'm cool. To check her out. Yeah. It's, it's super cool stuff, but yeah, that's how many, how long have you guys been going to that uh, cinema wasteland? Like, well, I mean, I've been going as a fan for probably 10 years, but um, okay. yeah, uh, we've been, she's had the table there two years, two and a half years, three years, somewhere in there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. It's really cool. So yeah, they get an opportunity to to do that. But but yeah, just random random people came up to him. Random people came up at the the Keating Center event. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so once again, you know, it's just we we look at these things, and, and you know how it is, Ashley. I mean, you've been doing your podcast for a little bit, and and I look at I look at numbers, I look at stats. I was just listening to a podcast today where they were talking about this exact thing. Actually, um, Mike, Matt, that we're going to have on from Sober Friends, Mm -hmm. he got interviewed by this other guy, Brad, from Sober Motivation Podcast that I listened to. So it's cool. But the two of them were talking about this exact thing that, you know, they're trying to grow. They look at numbers. They look at all these different things. And then all it takes is like, you know, like you said, Ashley, this is our time. It's, you know, we're out of our pockets to get that one message from somebody that says, you know what, you guys, you guys helped me. You hit a, you hit a nerve, you hit a point, you hit something and you're like, fuck man, it's all worth it, man. You know I mean? That's, mm-hmm. and that's what Mike said. We were talking about that. It was our six month episode. Wasn't it? When you said that, I think when you, cause we were always joking about, you know, that you didn't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, you know what? Cause we were talking about what were we grateful for, you know, up through that point, you know, of what we were doing. He's like, you know, this thing, man, he goes, you know, the people and the, the feedback. And um, he's like, I think we'll keep doing this stuff. And that's mm-hmm. where the, the shooting, the wad and the wind came from because yeah, we, that's where it came from. We came into this thing with zero expectations. We were just going to get together. He and I every Friday night and do this just happen to do it into a microphone. And if somebody listens, that's cool. Um, but if not, that's fine too. doesn't matter, you know, but, but it's also a way that you're of service as well. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in you it's, know, it's service right. and, and putting us in the middle of this stuff, keeping recovery in, in our lives all the time, you know, and yeah. all these, all these stupid stories that we have, which, you know, he and I have heard, um, surprisingly enough, uh, a story will come up. I'll tell one or he'll tell something. We're like, we're like, really? I never heard that before. How is that even possible? Because nine times out of 10, I start telling the story. He fucking walks away because he's heard it 17 times. Right. Or he'll tell a story. I'm like, this is a good one, you know, because we, we can both tell each other stories. Uh, but then we got to realize every time we'll ask each other, we're like, do we talk about this? We're like, fuck, let's just tell the story, you know? So, um, yeah, it is. It's a, it's just a way to be, and you have service. They've, I've heard people on other podcasts say that, that this is, they, they do it and consider this a point of service, which to begin with, again, I, I didn't look at it that way. Did you Mike at all uh, until 
not yeah, you know, not until we started finding out that we actually were being of service of some sort. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We we didn't realize that you know this thing actually mattered. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you made a good point before, Ashley, and this will be um, this will be my subtle segue. There we go, little quotes about you know having like a hobby and you know doing all these things. We're talking about all these different things we do, um, you know, like hobbies to keep ourselves busy. So how long? In, in, and again, you know, going back to this whole, we were going to talk about grief and gratitude and that sort of thing. How long ago was it that your that your dad passed away, and did you do some of these things to to pass your time? Because after our mom passed is when I was kind of like, I didn't realize I was looking for something, but the web store kind of kept, kept me completely occupied, you know? So how long ago was that that your dad passed? Um, a little over two years ago. Okay. And when did you start the, the podcast and stuff? Um, I started the podcast probably six to seven months after he passed away. Oh, okay. Do you was that like something to keep you busy, or was that dead? Nothing yeah, to do with so it. Yeah, so that's how I deal with things, which is <laughs> not a way to deal with things. I just want to preface that, but I was doing a lot of things at that time, and the po- I mean, and I was recording constant. Like I was going on other podcasts. Like I was just like spreading myself really thin, and um, but at the time, it it really helped me. And without me starting that podcast, I never would have met the medium that helped me. Right. Because I met them through my TikTok, which I started to do as like a meeting type of situation, which led to my podcast. He is also sober. So it just kind of like came full circle. And that when you have somebody, my dad passed away very suddenly so when you have something like that, when that happens, it leaves like the, the, there's so many what ifs, like, what was he thinking about? Like he knew what was, ha- my dad was a nurse, so he knew he was having a heart attack and he probably knew he was going to die. So like, like there's video of him cause they were on a paranormal hunt. My dad was a paranormal investigator and he, you know, he went up against the wall. He like slid to the ground. Like it's all on video. Oh wow! I didn't want to watch the video, but it's all on video. And they caught all that because they had cameras everywhere to catch like all the paranormal stuff. So, um, and it was like his favorite place to hunt. Like he would go there and do investigations literally like once a week because he loved the place. It was like their home base. They rented it out and everything. So it was kind of like this, it was really full circle. And the guy, Josh, who I had as my medium, he also is a paranormal investigator. And that's what drew me like to him in this, like I was in this live, just like watching it. And it like kind of went full circle. When I found out he was sober, I was like, Oh man, that's pretty cool. And there was just so many different like ways around that. But I just kind of threw myself into a lot of things. Right because I think there was like a very long period where I felt like if I got over it, it would be like not fair to my dad. Like I wasn't like thinking about him or I wasn't like all those things. So like by me just kind of like avoiding it altogether, it was still there. Like I was still, you know, getting emotional all the time. I felt him near me. I still do a lot. Um, but it's like different. Because I'm trying, like, I've tried recently to kind of just, like, kind of, like, let it go. Like, I know he's still there, but just, like, kind of let it go. But um, my dad and I were very close. 
So it was, it's just a very difficult situation. There's all these like different moving parts going around, which makes it a little more difficult. And I think there's like specific days that bother me, like have meaning to him and I and nobody else. Right. So it's difficult because I'm not an outwardly like emotional person. Like I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, I need you. I'm not like that at all. (laughs) The complete opposite. So my husband had a very hard time when I was in, when I was like in that first like seven month period, he was like, why, why won't you cry in front of me? And why won't, and I'm like, because that's not how I am. Like that's not how I was like, that's not how I am. I'm sorry. You know? So, and it took a long time to get through that like a long time. And thankfully I never thought about alcohol. I never like, it never even crossed my mind. And I really think that's because I had my husband who's also sober, like just constantly checking in with me, making sure I was okay. Like constantly just, I'm here. His mom, like my mother-in-law is amazing. She would, you know, if he said, you know, Ashley's having a really hard day, she would either call or come over. So it was, you know, I did have a couple of people, but I also felt isolated because I didn't know anybody who lost a parent. Right. And like, I needed like that connection to somebody who also lost a parent to like understand how I was feeling. Cause I felt like I was alone because my siblings had a very difficult, different relationship with my father. So for me, it was hard because like three of them did not, basically didn't have any Like there was no mourning. There was no, like, they just kind of kept living their lives. And two of us, we were the closest to him, had a really hard time. And like, I mean, it was, you know, for both of us, just emotional. Like we didn't fuck up anything in our lives or anything. Right. But just really kind of going on. And on my dad's death anniversary this year, my brother had like the, the one that my youngest brother is the one that has like that same kind of grieving path and everything went wrong. Like he was so, he got soaking wet. He like this machine at work broken. It was his fault. And like all of these things. And my, his fiance had messaged me and didn't even realize it was my dad's anniversary. So she was like, Oh my God, all these things are happening to your brother. Like, I wonder if he even knows like today's the day. Cause guys in days, they just don't think about it. So So it's interesting to see like these different paths and these different relationships and, you know, my relationship with my dad, I had to accept him for the person that he was, not the person I wanted him to be. And I think I was able to do that through like different healing, which I did a lot of that in the beginning of my sobriety. Right. So, and I needed to do that because I knew my shit was emotional and I knew it went back, you know, because when I started with addiction, I was going through a very similar divorce that my parents went through and it just like triggered everything. And that's when I was like spiraling out of control. So I was like, I need to work on that. So I think that that's, you know, part of such a big, 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 big part of my journey has been healing. Right. Well, in, in the one thing and Mike and I did, uh, our mom died on a Sunday and we had talked about it. Uh, we figured that was that Monday, right, Mike? That we had mm-hmm. decided that we were going to do an episode that week. Right. Um, and that was like right off the top of our heads. We're like, we got to, uh, it. he and I talked, you know, but we were just kind of like, okay, yeah, it's the right thing to do because um, it's what we do. It's our, it's our 
part of our recovery and, you know, if we want to say mm-hmm. service and all those different things. But so when did you, when did you leave, Mike? Was it that week or the, that wasn't that week? This wasn't it. Did you let a meeting? Yeah. Well, yeah. God, it was, uh, it was a Thursday before we did the podcast. Yeah. Okay, that's right. You know, but again, um, <laughs> you know, we hit a bump in the road, but we've got all these tools and these processes mm-hmm. that we've got in place that we need to continue to use no matter what the situation, good and bad. Yeah. And here's what, well, and here's what's kind of, uh, what kind of weird for me. So the, um, my, my dad passed away a month before I got sober. That was my lead in to getting sober. I think we touched on that the last time we talked. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a long story. I mean, it's uh, everyone's heard it. If you haven't listened back a little bit, you'll hear me talk about it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, then my stepdad died, uh, when I was a year and a couple of months sober. But so the deal was with, with the two of them, they've been in my prayers, uh, figure if uh, at the time my stepdad died, my dad was in my prayers up to that point. But so from July of 2011, you know, through this past October, in the same place every night and every morning, I mentioned my my dad, my stepdad, kind of watching over me and continuing to guide me and that sort of thing. So each individual one I asked different things of, but I did that every single day, twice a day. Um, And then our mom, as she started getting sick, and there was a place in my prayers where I would add people like special prayers to this person. If they were going through some shit or if a family member wasn't well or whatever. So I had our mom kind of in this placeholder spot, in my prayers for shit, probably the last four years, maybe three, you know, mm-hmm. and the hardest part. And um, so she passed away end of October. So what is it? Seven coming up on seven months now. Right. It took me and I swear to God, it took me three months Till that, and it still doesn't feel right to put her now at the end with the other two, yeah. <laughs> with those other two people, <laughs> uh, with with the other dead people. You know, are now at the mm-hmm. end. Um, and I placed somebody else where she was because there's somebody else that's very close to us that has has had some trouble. So I placed that person there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's weird how much of a that's when I realized how mechanical that my um, my prayers got. And it made me step back a minute and just be like, okay, I need to pay attention to what I'm saying and focus on it. So I'm not saying it's it's good that I had to take her from, you know, this spot to that spot. But these these little things, um, I should, how many, God, how many goddamn things have we talked about over the last year and a couple of months, Mike, that, that both of us do differently now because now they're out in the open. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we hold on ourselves. We we do the stuff and then now we, we pay more attention to these things, you know, but right. but the, the whole thing, my my point with all of that was is that I think personally that um I to this day, you know, now 13 years later since my dad died, I need to I need to say his name every single day to that's part of my I don't know if you want to call it healing, probably is, you know, but it's part of my mm-hmm. part of my thing. Um He's never, in my, in my opinion, he's never left my, my life, you know, and that's how, that's how I remember it. And it makes quite honestly, it makes it easier for me. I still get, I mean, he died 13 years ago. There's certain times it just, it's still, you know, you get this wave over you or whatever, certainly with our mom, certainly with our stepdad. But, um, like Mike said, and and he hit it right on the, the head, he and I did the exact same things as we do every day when our mom died. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, sober or not for, 12 and a half years at that time, had I not had that routine, um, I don't know that I would have known what to do with myself. You know, yeah. I mean, don't you agree, Mike, if that routine helped oh, us? Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. Again, these tools and these patterns that we have in our life are there for good things and bad things. You know, as long <laughs> right. as we continue to do the next right thing, there's that cliche. Um, yeah. You know, it, we'll walk through it, whether it's painful or it's joyful or whatever, it's going to, it's going to change and it's going to pass and we will walk through it and we will remain sober and hopefully not complete assholes. <laughs> I, was, yeah, we uh, and you might have noticed that Ashley. We usually have to qualify that with the word "complete," and I use quotes when I say that because we're still assholes. We're just not complete assholes anymore. But right. So on maybe on the other side of things, and you know, since again, and I, I like the the idea that we were going to talk about, you know, these these two sides, this grief and gratitude thing, because it it came up, and Mike and I talked about a few things that we were actually grateful for through that time frame. Has there been, I mean, anything that you can pinpoint? Not certainly not your dad's passing, but anything that you, that you figured out that from that point, based on what you knew or how you handled it, did, did, was it, what, where was the gratitude in there? Or did you have points of that? Were you just grateful for certain things or how was that? Yeah. I have always really loved music and I really gravitated to that as a part of my healing. And I also felt grateful for that. Now, mind you, I mean, some songs obviously would make me sad, but it was a way for me to get through when I was a kid, my dad and I would, he had a record player and like Van Halen and Fleetwood Mac and like all these things. And he played like air guitar. And I remember these things so vividly from my childhood. I don't remember a lot of my childhood. So whatever memories I have, I really, really cherish. And for that, I felt so grateful to have that connection to something that I feel so connected to. And I was able to get a record player and I have, almost every single record I remember him playing. That's cool. Nice. In my collection. And so when I play these records, like I think about him and it makes me feel so grateful that I have those memories with him, mm -hmm. you right. know, because it really, that helps me at the same time. Another thing would be how I've opened my mind up to things <laughs> that my dad believed in, but necessarily I did not at the time. I knew that if I was going to try to use a medium that I would have to believe in it to a certain extent for it to be successful. And so I really worked on that because I was like, you know, it is like, like I never really thought about it. This was just something he did and he loved to do, you know, later in his life, you know? So it wasn't like something we were around when we were kids. It wasn't like, it was like going ghost hunting on like Halloween, <laughs> you know? So, so it was just, and it's been such a crazy thing being able to watch a ton of different shows with people who are doing the same thing my dad did and like this like almost empathic way that I didn't realize he really was until like watching these other people and like realizing what they did and like then having knowledge and talking to my stepmom about that and then she sent me this like wild experience they were on like some other hunt and they started like they have these two like it's weird like these two they're small. They can fit in your hands and then it like moves back and forth. And it's said that like the, you know, the spirit will make it move back and forth. And she did like this session while they were ghost hunting something else. And my dad came through and like, he was doing like these different things with like the rods and like you hold the rods. So the person couldn't even move the rods the way they're moving. And it was just like so crazy. But at that time she was like, 
he was telling her like special things and I'm sure she was grateful for that. So there's certain things like that where it's opened up my mind to different things that I didn't believe in before. Right. But that I do now, like if I didn't believe in that, I wouldn't be able to feel my dad when he was around me. I would be oblivious. Right. You know, I wouldn't be able to feel that. So, and that makes me grateful because sometimes it feels kind of like he's close. Like he can't touch me and he can't, you know what I mean? Do these different things, but it's like comforting to know that like I can feel, feel that if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, having any sort of connection with, um, in my opinion to, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta live with uh, the memories and the feelings and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Feelings, right, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Hey, you know what? On, on the feelings note, uh, look at the time, Mike, why don't you, uh, why don't, why don't we take a, take a quick break here and then we'll get back to the feelings and gratitude. How's that? Sounds like a plan. All right. Stay tuned for more feelings right after this brief word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. It's your friends at Sober Not Mature. Hi and, there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes it's, it's both of your friends this time. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well, but we do we do have a purpose. Uh, we we actually usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two we to, two websites in one. <laughs> All right, so so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com, uh-huh. and we just launched the store website. So uh, we also have that. Do you know what the website address is on that one, Mike? Of course, I don't. <laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Ah. So, <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts, we also do have <laughs> all the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least- big deal. Eh, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> Trying to help, man. <laughs> I know you are. You're not helping though. Okay. Now I got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say sober but not mature? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Hopefully you've brushed off your feelings and you're ready to feel more. (laughs) That sounded terrible, (laughs) didn't it? Hey, hey there. (laughs) Okay. Mark that down as, uh, let's see, the bill just made a first inappropriate 
comment inadvertently. <laughs> right. Or vertently. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, we that that came up last week. Inadvertent versus vertent. <laughs> Mike said, Mike said maybe it was vertently. And I'm like, what whatever, man. <laughs> but it's, it made me laugh. It really did. So all right. So um, so you feel that, you know, obviously that connection and grateful for the fact that you're able to to do that, um, which is cool. I mean, is there is there anything that I mean beyond that that you do like on a on a daily basis to I don't know, to keep that contact or anything like that, or is it just just, you know, kind of uh, as things come up, you, you handle them. Yeah. I talk to him. I probably like look crazy to anybody. If they've ever seen me, I'm normally in my house. Thankfully, <laughs> but whenever my husband goes away, my dad's here like the whole time, which is so weird because like, I can't, like, I can't see him or anything. <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's just interesting because I, I've had like a routine throughout, you know, my whole sobriety and some of it's like, I haven't, I let, you know, got out of the habit and then I'm like, okay, I need to really get back into this habit because it brought me peace and it did this or that for me. And I like in the morning I wake up, I sit down with my sober and amateur coffee mug, enjoy my cup <laughs> of coffee. And I really just like try to be as calm as possible I'm not a calm person so I try to be as calm as possible and like just kind of like start my day with a very almost like a silent meditation that you're not like I mean I'm not sitting on the floor doing what I would do to meditate but kind of just like starting my day with like some peace and right you know trying to figure out like what am I gonna do especially when I'm not working I'm always working on the shop so I have to have like schedule so I'm very scheduled I do that to myself. I try to be like, okay, this is what I need to get done today. Or, you know, this is now that I drive, there's so many responsibilities that my husband has put on myself. <laughs> so now I have to do like these different things that he used to do before. And I never had to do them. So I would say that a big part of it is music. Um, I search a lot for records. I'm very particular. And like, I go in these record stores and, like, I feel like he's, like, there with me, like, looking. I mean, I'm in the record store for two hours picking a record. Like, it, because I have to look. I have to make sure the quality is there. I don't, I want original records, so I don't want anything remastered and nothing. I need to be able to hear it how it was originally made. Right. And that's just something I think that I, you know, correlate to the records my dad played. Those were all originals. You know, none of the, those were from the time that they were from. So, so it's interesting to find these different things. And, you know, every time I play these records, it's, that's like, it's weird to say, but like almost I can feel him near me and it really brings me a lot of gratitude that I've been able to create this collection. And I have this memory that makes me feel so connected to him when he's not, you know, he's not here. So, and it's hard. I mean, I'm 36 years old and most 36 year olds have their father. Right. You know, like my brother, you know, a couple of my brothers have gotten married and he's not been around. I got married and he wasn't around, but thankfully I got married previously and have an insanely amazing memory of that. and didn't want to replace that. So I think that when you're when you think about gratitude in that, in a grief standpoint, you want to think about what do I do now that I didn't do before? I never wanted a record player. I never want, I never wanted records. I barely listened to music. It had just, I met my husband and I 
stopped wanting time by myself because I felt guilty. And after my dad passed away, I demanded time alone because I needed that time. Right. So I'm grateful for this like block of communication that I like will look at my husband and be like, I just need to be by myself right now. Whether it's to, you know, think about my dad, whether it's to do whatever I need to do. And that's created this space for me to be really grateful for the communication back and forth so that I can feel comfortable doing that. So, I mean, that's one thing, like a monetary thing that also helps me in other places in my life, not just with dealing with grief or my dad's death or feeling close to him. That's something that really doesn't have anything to do with him. Right. Right. Like my communication with my husband. So, and we have, I mean, really good communication, but like it, it wasn't easy when <laughs> I started that. <laughs> so it's been, <laughs> it's been like this battle. So it's nice. Like, and he knows now like on the anniversary, like I just want to be left alone. Like, just leave me alone. And the anniversary, so the anniversary doesn't bother me as much as his birthday's in December. So the whole month of December, I'm just fucked. Like, <laughs> the whole fucking thing. Like, I used to love Christmas. I don't really care for it anymore. Like, I just, I'm, I just constantly think about him. And I've started using other things that can help me like, process, like, how I'm feeling and, like, grief and all that stuff which has been nice, but in this December wasn't nearly as bad as the last two. But um, I think you have to be grateful for the things that you figure out how to cope, whether it's, you know, I use a lot of essential oils, but, you know, there's other ways that you can do that. Maybe there is one person you can talk to. Right. And then that would help you. Like, releasing it does help. You know, and I'll tell my husband when I'm, you know, thinking about him, I... He comes in my car a lot, which I find to be very odd, but it's music. <laughs> right. Well, like it's yeah. music, you know? So, and I'll just be, I was in my car. I was like busy on my birthday. I was driving all over the place and he, like, I just started to ball like uncontrollably for no reason. And then like my dad just came into my mind and it was just so crazy because that's never happened before on my birthday. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like it was nuts. And it's specific songs. Right. And um, sometimes these songs will come on and I'll just be rocking out and I'll be good. And then sometimes I, like I'm just devastated. Like it just depends on what's going on. And that never happened before. But I'll always, you know, tell my husband like, hey, you know, I'm really thinking about my dad a lot or, you know, these different things. Like there's certain things I can't, you know, watch. I'm sure one of my coping mechanisms is how much I've, re-gotten into horror since my dad has passed away right <laughs> like i won't watch anything romantic anything that has to do with parents anything like because i've tried and like i'm a mess like i literally can't cook like I, it's just too much for me so i just watch horror because when i'm scared like i don't fucking think about it so <laughs> it's just a way for me to just be like okay but um i'm a person that likes to fill like I would say overcommit. Like, I would say that's a character flaw. So I overcommit to things because I just kind of want to stay busy because I have a very, very, very active mind. Right. So, and that fucked me when I was like going through all of my license stuff because all I, all I was just living in the past and in all of the stuff that I did when I was sober to fuck my life up now. And it was a lot for me. Like I stopped doing the podcast 
for that time. Cause I'm like, I just can't fucking handle this. Like I'm living in the past every day. Like this is crazy. And you can't like, you can't, you need to learn how to like go through things without living in a place that you don't live in anymore. Right. Well, in, in two, I agree with that to an extent, but you know, one of the things that, uh, that Mike and I, I mean, we had talked about, so Mike led that week. We did a podcast that podcast that week. And that was one of the things we had talked about and even episodes coming up or coming up after that. Cause Mike, I had asked you about, well, Mike, he said it before. I mean, he's an atheist, but I had asked him, I'm like, do you feel, um, or do you believe in like a presence or something like that? And you explained that probably perfectly, Mike, from your standpoint, as far as our mom, after she passed, what you felt or as far as a presence. And I think you put it into words that I can't really, I can't think of how to put it. (laughs) Hell, I I don't remember what I said. (laughs) Well, so you don't, you don't believe in like, this is obviously you don't believe in like the, the, the heaven in the sky and all those sort of things. But didn't you say like, there's a people, something about living in our hearts or staying within us or the memories. Yeah. Well, you know, people live on through our memories. That's how Mm -hmm. people continue to, be a presence in my mind. Um, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of people that aren't around anymore, um, but they still exist because I have memories of them. And that's, I, you know, again, simple, you know, the, I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. I just, for me, someone lives on through my memories of them. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. Well, and, uh, and I thought that that was, a, and that, again, that came up in a, in a conversation that on one of these episodes that we have, because again, I, you know, I've said it a million times, I'm at best agnostic and, you know, so I don't know, but it's, but it is hard sometimes to think, okay, so that's it, you know? And I, but I put, I put those, you know, my, my mom, my stepdad and my dad, my prayers. And again, asking somebody to, to guide me and watch over me. I don't think any one of them is, is sitting up there and looking down on me necessarily, but you know, and Mike, actually, when you said that, Mike, it, it made, it made a lot of sense to me because I felt like, okay, that's, that's the thing. I, I put these people in my life mm-hmm. still every day by talking about them. You know, I don't talk right. to them, mm-hmm. but every single time I, I pray it. Well, I guess I do, you know, please guide me or, you know, watch over me and that sort of thing. But I, I, it's the memory I'm keeping that alive. And I think that has helped, that's helped me cope with it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Cause then exactly what you said, Ashley, and there, there's, there's weird things. I mean, it'll be, I don't even know what it is. Sometimes it could be a TV show. It could be, and we're relatively fresh with all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. seven months, seven months is seven months, but, yeah. um, but I wasn't one, you know, when this all happened to necessarily just openly cry in front of everyone. Certain conversations I had with people, my ex-wife of all, you know, all people, she and I sat and cried on the phone when I told her, you know? But she and I had this, <laughs> it was a good, it was good. It was good when it was good, bad when it was bad. And again, I've talked about that before, but, um, but it's that thing that, you know, I'll have these moments and it just, something will hit me. I won't necessarily be depressed about it, but it's like, God damn it, you know, or whatever it is. But then the things I'm grateful for is that she got to see both Mike and I, cause Mike came into her life 11 years ago. No, mm-hmm. God, now 12 years ago, coming up on 12, 12, yeah. 12 years ago now. Fuck me. Yeah. So we had to, yeah, when we had talked about that, it was 11, you know, we're 11 and a half. So 12 years ago, Easter time, but actually long before that, but one way or the other, mm-hmm. she was in Mike's life for 12 years. And I had that my sober time is what I'm considering that the, my real time with her 
because I wasn't pissing her off anymore, you know? So we had all that time to build these things with her. So, you know, the same deal. She was proud of both of us. She knew what we were doing with this and happy with the exception of the fact that we said fuck all the time. (laughs) <laughs> she in, well the, in the fact that we can now count it she would go she that i would i would love it now because now this uh since the last time you were on ashley this um every episode gives us a uh, actually a transcription of the whole thing and oh, cool. you know it's like it's i'm reading up on how to work and it's like oh you can search for keywords in your episode i'm like really so i'm like f-u-c-k so <laughs> that, number one first word i searched only word i've ever searched in that transcription i don't use it i just search for the word fuck to see how many times we say it that makes me laugh every time so um but that you know she knew what we were doing here but then you know i'll be working on a web store and stuff like that and we were able to get the you know the agreement to um Hazelden, the, the recovery books, which is, it's a huge deal, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not selling a lot of books, but it doesn't matter. The fact that it's to, to Mike and I, that those books mean everything to us. And now we're an authorized seller for them, you know? But the one time I thought, I'm like, fuck, man, I would have been nice to share that with her, you know? Or just yeah. little things like that. You know, she's she got to meet her um, my grandson. So that was cool, but she would enjoy all the things he's walking now. He's doing this. <laughs> like Kimmy just sent me a, a video earlier today. Mm-hmm. Ollie was, my grandson is Ollie. Um, he's standing cause now he, again, he's starting to get mobile. So he's standing, um, in the grass in the backyard, the dogs are out. They got two black la- or two labs. He's out there. And, uh, Kimmy's note when she sent me the video, her little description was yelling at the dogs. And he was, he's yelling at the dogs in the backyard. (laughs) And for like, for like, yeah, like, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute. And then finally tried to yell so loud. He knocked himself on his ass. Fucking hilarious. (laughs) He, he literally yelled himself off his feet. (laughs) So again, these little things and I, and I think about that, but, but the whole point is, is that, the way that I came to grips and Mike and I talked about this on the episode and I, and Mike, I know you'll, you'll agree with me on this. I think is that, you know, neither one of us, um, there was nothing left unsaid or undone with our mom. Now, granted my, my dad, different story. It was more, that happened more suddenly, like you're talking about with your dad, Ashley. Um, you know, I had time to make up things, but not everything, but I can't have regrets because we were still, we were in that right process. Right. But with my Mm -hmm. mom, you know, I mean, we can look back at it with, with our mom and say, you know what, the, as much as we, wh- whatever, anything that happened, whatever, everything was cool. And that mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for, you know, yeah. to not have to live with those regrets. And, you know, even in a situation like, like you were in where it happened suddenly, I mean, from the way you're talking about, it sounds like you guys had a hell of a good relationship, you know, which I think is something to be super grateful for. You know, yeah, and, and he got absolutely. to see you sober and you got to, to see yeah. him and be with him sober. That's a gift, you know? Yeah, it's really like to think about it back, you know what I mean? It is really important that like if it happened when I was like all fucked up, like uh, <laughs> my, I don't even fucking know I, what would have happened. I do. I, my dad died while I was still drinking. I can tell you it, it will no. it would have not been good. <laughs> let's just leave like, it at that it was just it was just crazy and you know the difference i think between you guys and myself is i don't really know a lot of sober people you think that like i would but i don't have like this super big community like my husband's sober um i know some people 
like through the internet. I don't know them personally, like in person because they all live in different states. Right. So there's not a lot of sober people that I know. And so it's like, it's kind of just like, and my husband doesn't really do, I've wanted to interview him and he like, will never let me do it because he's like, (laughs) I didn't really do anything. (laughs) Like I, like I feel bad because like all these people on your podcast, like they have these amazing stories of everything that they've done. He's like, like I haven't done anything. And I'm like, well, you have, you just don't realize you've done those things. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's done all of the steps, but he just doesn't realize like there's people who didn't even know. And like, you know, his parents didn't know, like, you know, but then there's some of his friends that tell me stories, you know? So it's just, I think everybody has their own path Mm -hmm. and everybody, you know, it, it's just your deal. Like you have to do the work. I've been talking a lot about emotional recovery with people Mm-hmm. because I have these people that I know and they're just like, can't stay sober, can't stay sober, can't stay sober. And then, you know, I asked them about, you know, their emotional path, like their healing path. And they're like, well, not nah, like it's going to hurt. Like I tried, mm. but like, it just hurts too much or it that mm. like this or that. Like, you know, that's where your success like will come in yeah. to play. And it's my supposed opinion. to hurt. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like that's where the way it's supposed to be. So the whole point of like, getting loaded was avoiding those mm-hmm. feelings, avoiding pain. Yep. Yeah, you know. That, yep. But the cool thing is, you go through a little bit of pain, and it is a little. And yeah, it hurts like fucking hell. And then it's over with, and you're on the other side of it. That's yeah. That, that's how you fucking stay sober. You walk through it. Yep. You get through it. You hurt for a little bit. You're uncomfortable for a little while. And then you get that peace and that serenity that they promise us. That's a hell of a lot better. I'd rather hurt for a little bit. You know, to quote the great Mike Muir from Suicidal Tendencies, yeah, sometimes I feel like shit, but I'd rather feel like shit than be full of shit. (laughs) Well, and and the other thing, too, is that, um, like you're talking about your husband saying that he hasn't done anything. I'm sure that um, his voice in the right ears, somebody would say, my God. You know, um, in the same thing, the I think what anyone has done only matters to that individual and whoever it Mm -hmm. actually means something to, you know, because I didn't think that. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Neither one of us thought we did anything fucking great or wonderful up to the, you know, a year and two months ago when we when we hopped on these microphones, we didn't step into it thinking. I cannot wait to tell all my great stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, best best case, we knew we'd get some laughs out of it because we've had mm-hmm. a lot of we've had a lot of fucking fun. Um, we've had a lot of stories together and some some mishaps. I thought we would have more fun telling stories about the three quarter house, Marty, who was the director, mm-hmm. and stories about the Keating Center. And you know what? The three things we've talked about the least. Those three things. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. That was literally. I I thought that this was going to be like some fucking comedy hour. I mean, I thought that we got all these great stories. Which don't get me wrong, they are, but they just never. They don't really come up where it's really of any importance, you know. Yeah. So the important stuff is 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 walking through it, man. Right. Taking the action, doing the thing. That's what's important. Have you heard about this? There's this new thing that people are doing. <sighs> Harm reduction is what it's called. Oh, sure. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. So I asked somebody. I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, Like, what is this? And then so she was explaining it to me. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, when she explained it to me, I was like, 
wait. Well, so the, the thing of it is, and um, <laughs> we, we interviewed, uh, or interviewed, we had a, a conversation with Nicole. She lives in Canada and her, um, she's the one where, I mean, she had a great story, but the audio was a little bit messed up, which I, I think took away a little bit, but um, she talked about that. The, the program or the uh, <clears throat> job that she's in right now, she said part of it is dealing with harm reduction. She says it's really hard for her because it's a, it's a situation where whether it's drinking drugs, whatever the deal is, you know, these are people who it's like, if they, if they didn't get their shit, they're going to die, you know? So yeah. basically harm reduction is just making sure that people use or drink. And I'm going to, this is the biggest quotes I've ever done in my life responsibly. Um, but mm -hmm. it is to the point where they're, they're not going to, they're not going to die, you know, and hopefully get those people to onto a path where, you know, they're in recovery or some of them just disappear, you know, but, um, it's a weird concept, but the thing of it is you think about years ago, well, Stella Maris and, and Mike and I, Mike and I talked about this before it's a, uh, well, place where they have meetings. It's a rehab. Um, it's a, or a detox and also um, like three quarter or halfway dorms and all sort of things. There was a bar across the street before they had all the medication. They would literally, they were doing harm reduction, right? By giving people booze. Right. By basically. Well, yeah. I mean, Stella's was around, you know, back in the twenties and the thirties. I mean, yeah. it's been there forever. It was actually, it was uh, the sailors that would come off the great lakes all fucked up and um, yeah, they would go there to dry out. But yeah, they would they would go and get them, you know, a couple of shots to smooth them out so they wouldn't seize. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's that is that's exactly what harm reduction is. There's a lot of people um, I I know of a particular person, which I'm not going to get into who this person is, but I do know of a person that um, had been sober for a little while, relapsed, and then um, actually with the help of I think it was a therapist that this person mm -hmm. was dealing with, um, scaled off to whatever this person was drinking, and then like would have everything to half, uh, not have, well, have, but one half mm -hmm. of, <laughs> so bas basically cutting. 50%. The, yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, there's, that's why, that's why he and I get along so well, because I can't <laughs> fucking get word. Words are hard. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Use your words, Bill. That Mike just, that Mike just says a lot. 50%. Fuck. Okay. So cutting down consumption by 50% over a certain number of days down to that point, And what they're doing is tapering. So they don't seize or do whatever like that, or have a stroke. So, um, I mean, but the, yeah, I, the, the new term is harm reduction, which is, it is weird though. I mean, I, it'd be tough for me to, unless I was doing that with somebody that I knew was trying to get sober to maintain mm -hmm. somebody in that would be tough for me, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, yeah. you know, I mean, we both went to detox cause we both had to. Right. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, they, I, they gave me a whole lot of Valium to get me through it. Um, yeah. so, you know, that's, that's basically it, but it was for a week. So that's like the equivalent of people doing, um, oh my God, what's it called? I'm drawing a blank. Methadone. Methadone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or yes. Suboxone or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All yep. that. Yeah. You know, sort of. Yeah. And that's, that's dandy. You know, I also know yeah. I have a close friend that's been on methadone for 20 years. <laughs> um, Yeah. <laughs> well and you know. so i think i think that it can go like the way that in the context of how it was being said in the environment where i was mm -hmm. it was kind of more like well if you decide that you don't want to stop drinking forever like stay sober blah 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 that i didn't agree with because mm. i mean from what this person was saying definitely an alcoholic 
So I'm like, wait, I'm confused. Because she wasn't sick. Like, that, 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 that wasn't happening. She just didn't know how to cope without alcohol. Like, something bad happened. And she just kept drinking and bounced from place to place. Yeah. So I think that there's, like... It's a thin line. So, like, a lot of people ask me my opinion on, like, Callie Sober. Thin fucking line. Oh. And, like, the same thing. Very. Like, thin line. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know how to cope without alcohol either. You know, (laughs) I haven't haven't had a drink in over 13 years. So, apparently, I did something. I followed directions. And and, because these people that figured this shit out taught me how to do it. And I did what they told me to do. And here I am. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I couldn't live without alcohol and drugs. I couldn't. I was thoroughly convinced of that. I was, the book talks about, you know, I'm, I'm going to ride this out to the bitter end because that's the only way I know how to do it. No, there is a different way. I needed mm-hmm. to open myself up to some different things and, um, and a little trust and a little willingness. And hey, guess what? It worked. Well, and who are we talking about the, the whole California sober, still weed smoking, where you had said that you knew people that was, was that Melissa yeah. we're talking to? Um, but yeah, so the thing of it is, it's uh, if somebody claims that they're, they've used the word sober, but they still, you know, smoke weed and even the term, you know, if they're, I suppose, I mean, if somebody wants to be, I, I do know people also that were hardcore drug users. And then, you know, that, that was their deal. We know of a guy, you know, we went through the Keating center with him, Mm -hmm. um, but now and he can drink responsibly now and he he hasn't fucked up his life. So drugs were his Mm -hmm. problem. I know somebody else like that too. And, um, long before I ever got sober, uh, there was the same thing. Um, but he doesn't call himself sober. And I don't think the guy that we know from the Keating center, he doesn't call himself sober. Does he? No, he just, he, took care of his shit. And then, you know, now he drinks again, right. you know, yeah. but so that's, I think that's a different story. If somebody is using, um, you know, alcohol, like, cause they can't cope. Um, I don't think that's, that's not harm reduction or is that what the person was saying right. that they were using it as harm reduction? Yeah. Basically like, so basically it doesn't make sense. No, no, no. The way right. that it was, the way that they were talking <laughs> that's about That's a simple it. way to say which it. Is why, <laughs> which is why I was kind of like, wait, what the, what is this? And when they told me, I'm like, okay, so that didn't even make sense. No, it like, doesn't. That didn't make sense. And I don't personally... So, when people ask me to be, like, a mediator or to help them run some type of, you know, sober situation, I'm always apprehensive because people try to get away with some shit. <laughs> and, like, and yes, like I do. don't believe in... I don't believe... Like, I don't believe in that. Like... I understand doing it and then having to wean yourself off in an appropriate way. Like Mm -hmm. I absolutely understand that, but you using harm reduction as a clutch is not the correct way. No, No, of course not. When you don't, when you're not in that position, like it takes, I mean, I was drinking a lot and I had like, I mean, no withdrawals, like zero. Like I just, I mean, I had, I have chronic migraines, so I got like a couple migraines. But, um, and then there's other people who were like, oh my God, it was so bad. Like this, 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 and this. And so, I mean, I think everybody's story is different, but I don't like during COVID, right. They wouldn't close the liquor stores. Right. Right. Of course that not. was a, a solid example of them trying to play harm reduction. Well, if these people can't get their alcohol that drink every single day, they're yeah. going to die. Mm-hmm. They're going to die. Right. You know, so they kept all that. They made, you know, 
liquor stores. Essential. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and I, I did not, I know a lot of people had a problem with that. I didn't because I, I knew that, um, well, and like Mike said, you know, both of us went to detox. Um, I don't know what they gave me. I went in, I went in on a Saturday night. I mean, just completely fucking loaded. Uh, Cause <laughs> my, well, my, well, seriously, my thought, literally my thought was why, cause I've heard somebody say that jokingly at one point, you know, nobody goes into, into D into rehab, you know, sober. So I'm like, fuck that, man. I drank, um, a lot, but, um, I don't remember anything until probably Monday sometime. I mean, they, whatever they did to me, I, I out <laughs> for, mm -hmm. for whatever amount of time. And, you know, again, and I, the doctor had said, you know, and I don't know if they say this to try to, you know, scare people straight or whatever it is, but, you know, he told me that I was one of the toughest cases he ever had. I don't know if that's true. I'm not, I don't say that to be like, Ooh, I was, <laughs> I, I hit the charts, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, one way or the other, I don't remember anything for a day and a half to two days. So whatever they did, they, I, I couldn't have done it on my own. <laughs> right. I, I well, I mean, you know, yeah, we were both, when we went into detox, we were both over 0.4. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, having conversations and walking around and yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were another big air quote, coherent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Functioning. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, we, we should have been, I mean, at, at point, at point three something, you should, you should, you know, be passed out in point four, there's a chance that you could, you know, it's, it's stroke. It's, you know, it's a seizure, it's a coma. It's, I mean, yeah, you're in a bad level, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, you, and again, whatever normal is normal people wouldn't be walking around and even having mm -hmm. semi-coherent conversations. But um, right. yeah, I mean the, the whole thing, I mean, I, I get the concept if it's used properly, it's uh, harm reduction is simply, it's a, it's an idea. It's the same concept, but people, if people are using it as a crutch, um, I, I, I don't agree with it, but Hey, people are going to do what they're going to do. Anyhow, you know, it's kind of what but it to is. me, harm reduction, harm reduction for an alcoholic would be, um, you know, the medication mm -hmm. that you take. It wouldn't be, yeah, for Hey, I'm going to still drink, um, yeah, you're not gonna, every day no. until I'm going to drink a little bit less tomorrow that i drank today like that doesn't make sense to me that's stupid well you you could though and like i said i i do know somebody who did that you know and and did it on their own um you know again back to 50 percent <laughs> um, cutting the amount whether it was you know six beers down to three down to one and a half down to whatever right. but it was i think it was done with some sort of either hard liquor or wine or whatever it was regardless of what the substance was um yeah, I'm it just is. gonna smoke a little crack. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and again, I, I it wouldn't have worked for me. I mean, that much nope. I know. Yeah. I do know it worked for this person and I know it works for others. So um again, it it's somebody's using it as a I'm just gonna cut down to a certain point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just there I'm not an expert on it. It's but, a crutch. Yeah, it is. It's a crutch. Yeah. It's yeah. a crutch. Right. And and personally, like my, I couldn't like do my it. grandma did. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, me neither. Yeah. Nope. Not a chance uh -uh. in hell. Nope. Not a chance in hell. So apparently we're all alcoholics. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, one, one way or the other. Slow down. Cut it in half. What the hell are you talking about? Give me more. Cut it in half and I'll do both halves now. Is that a possibility? Exactly. <laughs> one drink instead of the whole bottle? What? Right. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, that, um, I mean, I had never tried to, I didn't try to moderate. I mean, I, I, 
probably drank less at certain points because I, I couldn't, you know, openly drink in front of somebody or people. Then you start hiding yeah. and sneaking and all that stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, any of that, I like like we just said, that wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. No. So um, what did you do? Do you do anything like special for your anniversary, for your sober anniversary? Or um, is that like a big deal for you? What do you what do you normally do? So it did take me a while to, I wouldn't say accept it, but start to celebrate it because it's the day I also turned myself in to go to jail. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. that. So I had to really work through that shit before, you know, last year was the first year that I really like enjoyed it. So we like go to dinner and then, you know, we, my husband and I cheers with like tiramisu because it's one of our favorite desserts. So like instead of using like, you know, a glass um, and we just kind of, it's very low key. Right. Some people go crazy. Um, I don't, my birthday is three weeks from that date. So it doesn't really do anything for me like that. But, um, one thing that's very important to me is the people who are in my life now that were in my life then. I want them to recognize that day. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, and this particular, this year was horrible. Um, two of my sister-in-laws didn't even, like, realize. One of them has, like, a legitimate excuse. And the other one just, like, thought she told me or something. And that really hurt my feelings. Especially because one of them is, is like, the only family member that was supporting me in that so that was really difficult for me to really sit and like I got really upset and like I refused to talk to both of them like I was really (laughs) fucking mad because I'm like I'm like so I'm very active with their children who are my nieces and nephews and that's probably my most grateful thing out of my sobriety is being able to have these relationships and these relationships that when they're older they're going to remember, you know? So, so for me, it's just, it's difficult because, you know, as much as I know that I wouldn't be alive or like my life would be really fucked up if I was still drinking in the beginning, I, I didn't really do it for myself. Like when I first got sober, it wasn't really for, it was something I could benefit from. Sure. But I was like, I'm going to lose my whole family. And my family means everything to me. So I was like, I just don't want to do that. So I'm just, I need to figure out what the fuck is going on. And by figuring that out, I learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't think going crazy is, you know, fun. Sometimes I'll make like a fun little mocktail with like a seltzer or something. And, you know, my husband and I do drink NA stuff here and there. So sometimes we'll do something like that. But nothing like crazy. I don't really do... Like, I don't buy myself a gift or (laughs) anything like that. But, like, people that's been in my life the whole time, them recognizing that is important to me. Well, and and Mike and I had talked about that when, uh, like, there's, and I tell my kids this all the time. I said, there's there's three days a year that I I care about. Um, And I said, it's my sober anniversary. Father's Day, as far as getting some sort of acknowledgement, you know, from, from my yeah. kids or, or people around me, it's nice, you know, my close family, but it's my, again, my sober anniversary, Father's Day and my birthday in that order. Yeah. Cause I, if, if people forgot my birthday, I don't really care. And it has nothing to do with my age. I'm not, I don't care 
about my age. It doesn't make me feel bad to get older. Um, I just don't care. I don't care. But what did you say, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Mike was the, this was the best one. Say, what, what did you do for your birthday, Mike? You didn't do anything, right? <laughs> I didn't do a goddamn thing. No, of course not. I, I had nothing to do with it. Why am I celebrating something I had nothing to do with? <laughs> yeah, you, you were a little bit more graphic about it the, the first time. Yeah, my like, dad left it in. Yippee. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was the funniest thing he ever said. And he said that on an episode and I just, I couldn't stop laughing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so Mike and I get together every single year. I mean, I was out in Ohio for the first few, but that's where yeah. we were last weekend. I was out in Cleveland and uh, we always get mm-hmm. together and do stuff. We didn't do anything really too much out of the ordinary this time. Nah. We had a real nice dinner Friday night with uh, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, Chris, her daughter. And then I uh, was at a restaurant that uh, Chris's daughter's boyfriend works at. Saturday mm-hmm. night was, um, well, that was Mike's anniversary. So we hit a meeting and got to see some people and announce our time, uh, which is cool. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Sunday we grabbed lunch, you know, before I came back, uh, other year, one year yeah. we went to the, went to a casino and a buffet with one of our other sober buddies, um, <laughs> yes, ate way too much food. Uh, it was so uh-huh. much, it was so much fun though. Um, last year was when we went to Dr. Bob's house, the picture of Mike right. and I in our podcast, we took that a year ago, um, uh, sitting on a rock in front of doctors, Bob or Dr. Bob's house. Cause that's the same picture we had you know when we were a year sober you know so we did that uh, that year so we always do something but i don't necessarily i wouldn't consider a create it'd be nice one year i think we had talked about at one point i I think mike even said it he said yeah it'd be nice to go someplace cool (laughs) one of these years (laughs) you know which i don't know what i we have no definition of what someplace cool would be but yeah i get it you know but no, it's just, you know, and again, man, we're, we're just living our fucking lives, right? you know? Yeah. I mean, this July, we're going to go up to Milwaukee for the Harley thing and see the Foo Fighters. That's going to be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. cool. You know? Yeah, you know, but again, it's it doesn't have to be a special occasion. Yeah. Uh, once again, don't force shit, man. Good stuff's going to happen. It doesn't matter what the fucking calendar says. Today that's, is today, mm-hmm. and I'm going to live the best I can today. And hopefully I'm going to do it tomorrow if I happen to wake up. You know, it's <laughs> all we got. Yeah. But we get uh, we get coins every year too. Our our uh, our mom and our sister have bought us uh, mm-hmm. specialty coins. Yeah, that's always cool. Oh, that's yeah. yeah, it's super cool. Um, so this year was you know, and again these moments like that we were just talking about, you know, because uh, I I was joking with Kathy, I'm like. Well, you got to foot the bill for both of our coins this year. <laughs> like, you ain't, ain't got nobody to split them for, but I'm like, we still want our fucking coins. You know that, right? That's right. And then my <laughs> our sister, you know, she's just so sweet. She's like, I know, I'll get them. Like, you know, I'm just messing around with you. <laughs> but yeah, so we get we get our coins every year, and that that's hugely important because, and again, like like you were just talking about, it's people in our lives that were there. Granted, they. Mm-hmm. Our mom and our sister were not there. They didn't know Mike Pryor, but that doesn't matter. Right. You know, they've seen yeah. they've seen us grow in this whole thing and you oh, know, it's yeah. hugely meaningful and they know how much it means to us and And I'm sure they know how much you're there for one another as mm-hmm. well. Right. Mm-hmm. Which probably makes you know what I mean, and that's why Mike has been able to create these relationships. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's show up and do be a good boy. Yeah. Even have a, a girlfriend <laughs> keep a girlfriend around for six years too, right? Right, seven. <laughs> Has it been seven? Eight in August. Why did I think it was? <laughs> Wait, what day? In, what day in August? Oh God, yeah. Thank you, thank you so oh. much, um, <laughs> Chris. Don't listen eighth. to this. <laughs> it's the eighth. <laughs> you know what was? You know what was weird? Knowing that, uh, and here, here's how you'd want to talk about time flies. So we had Chris on back in 
um, it was before your anniversary this year. So it was the six and it would have been six years at that time. I right. completely blew my mind that, I mean, shit, we're now in, I mean, it's, it's almost May. So yeah, it's wow. <laughs> so, but literally how time flies, because I still had that six in my head, you know, cause that's oh, you know what, what? And I, I, and of course I had to look, it's the six. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did that. I, have it close in I mean, close. Well, we, we did that yeah. to, to our buddy, Tony on an episode, uh, a handful of episodes ago. He couldn't remember his wedding anniversary. So yeah, that, that mm-hmm. ended up all over, all over Facebook. <laughs> him and his wife and his it's kid. the beginning of august jesus christ i'm a man <laughs> yeah but you always do that you do nice things for her and you guys always go someplace and <laughs> yes so that's how you that's how you make we it just, we just gotta find bill a girlfriend and we'll be all set hey he's like, too big of a whore yeah that's me i'm a i'm a fucking whore <laughs> hey ladies i'm a single whore does that does, it, does that does that intrigue anyone <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think that might be one of those episode stoppers right there. Bill is a Bill is you a whore. <laughs> well, yep. oh, because the other the other thing too. I know Ashley, you said you were. I, I know you were probably a little late, later than normal for you to, to even be recording. So, um, also, also yes, trying. This to be... is a, I only do this for people that I really like. Right, well, I know we're cool. we're cool. I won't. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I won't do it for my husband. Even said he's like, wait, you have what at eight p.m. And he was like, you never record after four. <laughs> and I'm like, these are my sober guys. I'm like, we're good. We're good. And he's like, oh, okay. And he like knows who you guys yeah. are. And, well, like- and seriously, I, I, I mean, both of us, we truly appreciate it because I know that, uh, you know, that we wouldn't have minded doing it on a, on a Saturday. It's just as we were going forward, we just got both of us have things going on these these next few weeks and we didn't want to push you off until whenever. So we, we appreciate you again, staying up, maybe past your bedtime or past your mind, your mind. Oh, no. scope. My, 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 yes, my mind. Scope, yeah, yes. Your mind scope. Yes. So no, thank you for, thank you for having me on again. I love coming on and chatting with you guys. Yeah, you never, you never know. Maybe we'll have, uh, you know, hopefully it's nothing, nothing more on the grief side of things, but uh, I think this was good with the, yeah. you know, again, anniversaries and, and all that stuff. And same as last time I'll have this, um, it should be up and live again by your time no later than well no it'll be earlier so i'm uh, i'm going up to wisconsin tomorrow to have lunch with my son so it should be up um earlier ish mid-morning tomorrow so it'll be up and available and i'll uh i'll tag you on it again so you're so you're all set so oh yeah absolutely and then and you remember how we end the episodes right so mike gets to do that again for us Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Your turn. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. Thank you, Ashley, for coming on and spending some time with us, two knuckleheads. Um, as always, be kind to each other. Be good to each other. If you like what you hear, share it, like it. You know, move it along. Give it five stars. All that good stuff. And do the same for Ashley's uh, healing sober girl. Correct. Healing with. With the sober girl. See, I knew I'd get it wrong. All right. I need help from my friends still. And it is that time, kids, for you to please, please fuck off. Then keep fucking off. Keep fucking off until you get to a sign to a get Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I just fuck everything up. Keep fucking off until you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past here. Climb over that gate. Dream the impossible dream and keep fucking off forever.
<laughs> so so we we talk all, all the time. Oh, I got tears. <laughs> Yay, I made somebody cry. <laughs> uh, we talk all the time how wonderful that is. And uh, there was one, I can't remember who we were talking to. I said, it's it's so much more fun when he fucks it up. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> especially having... Uh, having somebody else out here too, because she's laughing. You're like, God damn, fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's fucking perfect. Thank oh. you, Mike. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> you're very welcome, <laughs> uh, Ashley. Once again, uh, yeah, we appreciate it, and uh, I'll I'll get the name of your podcast right in in our notes and in the promo, so everyone can. I mean, you created the name. Well, I know. On, I, I got it right. I got it right. I, I now I just copy and paste, so I'm I'm a good shape. So, Ashley, thank you, Mike. I love you, brother. I will talk it to you soon. All right, guys. Bye. 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 As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.